0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 4th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. In the 20 years since the Chinese military crushed protests at Tiananmen Square, has the conception of human rights in that country changed? Jim Dorn, Vice President for Academic Affairs at the Cato Institute, says many young people in China are coming around to the notion of human rights that simply exist,
1: regardless of the state. Well, in the liberal sense, in the West, human rights uh, pre-exist the state, and the function of the state is to protect individual rights to life, liberty, and property. In China, they see rights as emerging from the state and as a function of development in a sense. And they also uh, conceive of rights as maybe welfare rights or rights to an education uh, as opposed to private property rights and the right to be left alone. So China had an ancient tradition of kind of non-intervention, or what they called Wu Wei. The principle of Wu Wei meant that uh, the state would uh, leave people alone, and uh, people would prosper uh, in and of themselves. Uh, but that that concept was lost, uh, especially when the communists took over and basically abolished the concept of private property, and and the uh, you know human rights were basically uh, put on the back burner. Um, Now they started to emerge a little bit uh, before Tiananmen Square. The press had some freedom, Uh, things were being liberalized, uh, and Tiananmen Square set that back substantially.
0: What was the impact of Tiananmen Square on China's recognition of human rights?
1: You know, Cato had a big conference in uh, Shanghai in 1988. Milton Friedman was there, and he was treated like a rock star. And uh, the liberal press, and I call it liberal because they, they had quite a bit of freedom at that time to report on this. Uh, they were there in large numbers, and uh, we had great coverage of, of the conference. Uh, There's a lot of interesting questions. Uh, we went back a couple years later after Tiananmen Square was a completely different atmosphere. And uh, there was, a, of course, a huge crackdown uh, on, on all types of uh, civil liberties and economic freedom suffered for a while as well. Uh, And then uh, uh, Deng Xiaoping took a trip down to the southern part of China and uh, Guangdong and other places and uh, decided, well, the model to follow would be economic liberalization. And with economic liberalization, people came to own their own uh, property, their homes, run their own businesses. The non-state sector started to grow, and we basically had a middle class uh, 200 million people or more developing in China uh, on, on the coastal area, in the coastal areas. Uh, so this has been very beneficial for the Chinese people, but of course with one-party rule, there's been no independent media, no independent judiciary. Uh, the human rights concept is still uh, a function of development in their minds, uh, and rights do not pre-exist the state. The state creates the rights, so there's... There's, not, there's this boundary uh, line that's being drawn, but the, most of the power, obviously, is on the side of the state, not, on, uh, not from the individual's viewpoint, keeping the state out of their lives and having, having non-intervention. So, uh, again, you have a top-down type system, uh, just like central planning used to be, uh, rather than a bottom-up type system based upon individual, individual rights. And that's changing to a certain extent. They did a uh, recent interview with uh, young people in China, and 61% of the young people identified with uh, liberalism, uh, understood more in the Western sense. Uh, So I think there's definite uh, movement in that regard. Uh, Charter uh, uh, 08, uh, which uh, was basically signed last year in December by many uh, leading intellectuals in China, uh, which argued for more political uh, freedom. Uh, And Human rights is now actually mentioned in the Constitution, uh, and the uh, party, the state council, basically just uh, passed a human rights action plan. Uh, Of course, they have to plan human rights, (laughs) which uh, doesn't make any sense, but uh, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, But again, as long as you have a single-party rule, uh, why would they want to allow an independent media? They don't like uh, uh, criticism. And as a result... uh, The biggest hope for China that I can see is the information revolution and also further economic liberalization. And uh, human rights will evolve very slowly, uh, but they'll be moving in the right direction. Uh, Also, I think uh, we should make a point that what's more important than democracy, even though democracy is obviously important, is limited government. Uh, So if we can move China along uh, that route towards a more limited government uh, and a bigger private sphere, uh, that would be uh, very beneficial, I think.
0: Jim Dorn is Vice President for Academic Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read his voluminous writings on China at Cato.org.